Namaste everyone. Welcome to the Charvak podcast. Today's podcast was supposed to be recorded in Chennai a few days ago, but uh, we could not record it because camera angle was not right. Think about it. I was also thinking about camera angle. Then I was talking about my voice. I was like, I'm coming to Bombay. So Abhas said, yes, I'm coming. So today's podcast is with Abhas. Abhas latest book hai bhai book batao logon ko Abhas thoda acha marketing karo dikhao book yes, so this is the book yes babar the chessboard king this is his latest book it is with penguin and uh, first of all abhas congratulations thank you so much and it's really nice to be here in your podcast finally we are able to do it yes yes so pehli book was on your journey from marxism this book is different this book is more about your journey uh, as now so you have changed a lot right as a writer would would that be a safe assumption to make yeah definitely i would say that it has been a transition and i do see that every hmm. month every every day every week every month i see hmm. that it's happening the more and more i read the more and more segments i cover hmm. the more and more changes do come and right now i see myself more into uh, the line of uh, tracing the biographies of the emperors especially right now what we have on the board is babar hmm. and of course the kings always fascinated me but i never thought that i will be writing around them but now it's happening and uh, so it it has started i don't know how further it will go ahead because uh, i'm sure that uh, further more nuances will be added into my own thought processes i'm a very changed person what i was 4 years back or 5 years back rather mm. while his writing modi again i'm not the same person in terms of looking into the writing in terms of how i analyze the data how i look at the sources mm. i have become a person who is more driven into the primary sources looking to learn more and more languages so uh, it's a bit different now uh... your first book was about your journey as a marxist even in your introduction of the book you talk yeah. about your life journey you talk about how from a marxist you have now completely changed i think you've come more in the center if i was yeah. to say yeah. most of us people yeah. uh, i think we are all centrist and uh, if if there was to be a definitive political option or a social option we would all uh, begrudgingly be on one side of the political aisle let's be very clear yes. but it doesn't mean that we don't have objective uh, rigor when it comes to our work but purely from a writing perspective which one was tougher writing that first book on marxism your journey from marxism out jiske bare mein humne baat ki thi podcast pe or this one with this because this is like a proper historical historical analysis yeah. kind of a book right yeah so to put across a journey of transition from being a communist then not to be one hmm. uh, i see more like that rather than most of the time people will like to bracket it as left wing to right wing i say that from a communist to not being a communist and that journey uh, that book was a bit tougher to write hmm. uh, because uh, i was trying to trace upon my own journey i was hmm. trying to trace upon what i have been through but here while i was de- i am dealing with a character which is not me yeah uh, it's someone else and a lot of data of course it was more of a effort, in terms of efforts it was more of a effort giving because i had to translate the text i had to make my own notes then generate the own then generate the story then put them all together do the whole circus of making notes footnotes etc etc so there was a lot of rigor into it a lot of efforts 
but in terms of difficulty level i would say that was a, a tougher part because i had to bring forth my own views the transition the book was smaller but the task was tougher the this was a larger thing but it had more of a effort but it was simpler i would say so we are, so first we'll stick to babar yeah because i also want to talk a, a little bit about uh, the mughal bit also because you mentioned it in the book and i i want to read that quote also that you mentioned in the book what are the primary sources if because you have uh, even when we were in chennai in casual conversations वट वॉज दैट रेस्टोरेंट बे वन फोर सिक्स बे वन फोर उधर भी हमारी इसी के ऊपर बात हुई थी कि हाउ डज वन डिफाइन राइटिंग गुड राइटिंग एंड यू लेड अड ऑफ एम्फोसिस ऑन रिलाइंग ऑन प्राइमरी सोर्सेज नाउ इन दिन देश दिस बुक वॉट वर द प्राइमरी सोर्सेज दैट यू रिलाइड ऑन so uh, largely the book is based on one primary source that is babar nama because it's about babar uh, but uh, there is a distinction uh, the distinction is this that uh, most of the times when people say that hey i have got an access to the primary source hmm. uh, they they have got this belief in a faith after looking at the translation that hey i've got the translation of the manuscript so hmm. i've got the primary source hmm. but uh, when i began my journey to look at those sources i could see the differences in those translations too hmm. they were there and they may be because of some uh, political compulsion or uh, the compulsion with the authority among uh, with whom they were working like anand hmm. bebris sujan which is the most trusted translation of babar nama so i found that she was not in line with the other translators of the earlier phase so there are certain distinction like uh, i'll uh, use one term one term is kafir user of the term kafir mm. when you look for the persian manuscript uh, it clearly talks about the term kafir when you look for the translation uh, look at the translation of anand bebris sujan in that the term is like pagans in bracket infidels so you can understand that one if a person is making a direct uh, attribution to a person like kafir mm. and then you say that you are pagan and then in bracket you put infidel or kafir it makes a lot of difference fair enough it does so uh, it made me realize that i need to go back to the primary source as in learn the language i did learn the language i can read the manuscripts now i may not be able to converse in the farsi but i can read the manuscripts now so i did that uh, circus of uh, picking the original manuscript right now we have uh, uh, so the the uh, the first uh, babar nama which was written actually by babar himself it was written in chaktai turkic so after that that was translated into persian by uh, it was commissioned by akbar for and it was done under the guidance of bulfazl and that is a manuscript which we have in an illustrated form with all those illustrations the pictures which people often share yeah. which is there in a, a national museum uh, which is in delhi and so i got the access of it and i began to read the manuscript and i made my whole story like you translate you make the notes that what it is you make the translation and then you have to build your own story otherwise you will only keep quoting it directly and then it will it can fall into the plagiarism that you just can't then what is the other thing you are doing if you don't have an opinion about something if you are not uh, building your own narrative based on that very source 
then maybe that you have not done any addition to what was existing earlier so that way uh, babar nama happened to be the my primary source apart from that uh, there were many places where i had to rely upon a lot of secondary sources because right now my interest was not to go into the details of primary sources for certain aspect like um, i'm talking about the tribes uh, whom with whom babar is interacting at times like when he gets into kabul there's a tribes of uh, the junbils uh, there are some they he passes through a place called kafiristan so i'm giving the history of those tribes so for that i relied upon the secondary sources right now because i didn't see uh, much of a merit to delve into primary source right now because my subject here was babar so i uh, so those secondary sources came in along with uh, babar nama is a primary source and a bit of tertiary sources as in <coughs> a bit of writing of the stalwarts which happened to be in the early 20th centuries so that largely comprises of my sources hmm for the book now in your book you talk about something i want to read this excerpt yeah. from you people were wondering yahan kya dekh raha hu bhai laptop hai book khuli hai pad raha hu so one may argue that babar may not have used the term mogal at all and hence the different term but that too is not the reality babar has used the term mogal mogal and m u g a l the three yeah. different yeah. spellings you have written more than 400 times in the babar nama drawing a clear distinction in fact he has the worst opinion of the mogal clan and clan and then you have written so coming back to the name timur never like to see himself as mogal even though both him and chingiz jengiz khan ya chingiz khan jo hum log bolte hain usko chingiz khan had a common ancestor tumanaya khan Yeah. Timur was in the tenth generation, while Chengiz was in the fifth generation. Babar's ancestors were sharply distinguished from the classical Mongols, Mughals, in so far as they were oriented towards Persian rather than Turco-Mongol culture. According to John Joseph Saunders, Timur was the product of an Islamized and Iranized society and not steppe nomadic Mongols. You have spent a lot of time in the initial part of the book, where you are. Uh, i would not use uh, obsessed because that's a wrong word but you are very finicky about it like yeah. mogal mat bolo yeah. mogal mat bolo yeah like you, you I, if, if my and correct me if i'm wrong my memory serves me correct you spent like good 5 6 pages on this topic yeah. Yeah. that's a lot of pages for yeah. one one yeah. small thing on a book yeah. because it's a giant book but your 5 6 page matlab i was like idhar 6 yeah. page likh dale isne iske upar so why why first of all why and, and where did this babar mughal hai hmm. where did this originate so uh, it's very i found it very uh, astonishing when i came across this information uh, that babar never recognized himself as mughal and in fact uh, the empire also which he established it was timurid or timuria gurkhanian hmm. so uh, basically the timuria or timurid is means that you are drawing a connection with the timur and uh, when you say the gurkhania uh, it means son in law so uh, so it's the story goes back to timur but before i go, get to that story it's very important to tell that uh, it's uh, you while you are trying to talk about certain clan while you are talking trying to talk about certain person it's very important that you portray them at least as how they wanted them to be themselves to be portrayed as because 
they have a very because they have a very clear distinction as as i have also pointed it out that babar is making a distinction between himself and his people and the mughals so if you call them mughals all the time then perhaps you will not be able to see that distinction hmm. right so and in the babar's opinion mughals are not very uh, sophisticated people and they are the people uh, that well, I, i will not debate babar on that uh, yeah so <laughs> <laughs> babar says that uh, mughals are uh, wherever the mughals go they uh, there is unrest there is the, the, the era the period is not peaceful they will be bring disturbances this is what babar is talking about the mughals and mughals are the people who necessarily are drawing the direct descendancy or they are directly uh, falling in the clan of changis or ginges uh, right so and the story goes back to taimur because taimur was a very ambitious person he yeah. wanted to be a caliph uh, not many would know like even akbar had this aspiration later on yeah wo akbar ki book mein padhenge yes <laughs> so taimur had this aspiration of becoming a caliph and he also wanted to become the khan but he can't become the khan because it doesn't come from the lineage of Changiz. Okay. Oh, if you don't mind me yeah. asking, just for academic yeah. sake, what is the difference between a Khan and a Caliph? So basically, a Caliph is a person who leads the whole Islamic Islamic Khilafat. Yeah, the whole brotherhood. The so Khalifa. Khalifa. Yeah. So the Khalifa is a person who is head of whole of the Islamic. Uh, so uh, like Abu Bakr was a Khalifa, and uh, uh, Uthman was a Uthman was a Khalifa, and so on and on. So after. Prophet Abu Bakr was the first Khalifa, right? Yeah, yeah, he was Prophet Muhammad's best yes. friend. Yeah, so whoever took, whoever walked into the shoes of Prophet Muhammad, but not exactly Prophet Muhammad because he's considered to be prophet. So one who leads them after that, he was a Khalifa. So this guy Taimur can never be the one because he needs a certain family-based consideration. He needs to come from certain lineage. Of course, he even can't be the Khan because he doesn't come from the lineage of Changiz, right? so but he's very ambitious he wants both of them so he propagates a story of a superstitious story that i do have uh, i am almost equivalent to a prophet or something so and those are the period when we are talking about the medieval era and all the mythology spread quite fast and there was no concept of blasphemy as such that agar raja ne bol diya ya amir ne bol diya to bol diya it's done so his dictate mera vachan hi shasan and that's how it really worked mm. so Taimur made uh, this mythology propagated that I am one like a prophet, so he got certain power. Yeah, and he married into the house of Changiz Khan. Hmm. So uh, then that's why he called himself Gurkhania, son-in-law. So by becoming the son-in-law, he says that uh, now I have become the son-in-law, and he takes the title of Amir. Uh, people shouldn't confuse this Amir by uh, the rich, rich one. Yeah. Amir is a title, E M I R or A M I R, what whatever. So he took that. Title. This would be like A M E E R. Yes, actually. So he takes this title and he puts a puppet uh, in the in the khanet or the the in the place of the khans, and he is now controlling the the Mongols as well, and he is almost like a caliph. Of course, not in larger Islamic realm, but he has attained this, and the empire what he establishes he calls it Timurid Gurkhania. so and he had this character of being very personalized because mongols are a very different tradition mongols were very secular people they killed everyone without asking that which religion you belong to 
ஒருத்தரும் you are my subject i'll save you i found you problematic i'll kill you this was a, a very clear way of look so, so mongols in the sense what marxists say were the political people to some extent we can say that they didn't uh, they just wanted to loot you butcher you yeah. maim you yeah. create mountains of khopris yeah. yeah. but they didn't care if you are hindu muslim sikh isai didn't matter so what what is very interesting that in the era of changes uh the though you can do everything what you want to do but sharia won't apply and uh, the halal was banned in the era of the changes khan and his people so apart so in, in terms of halal it's not about that certification people shouldn't get confused it is the process of how you slaughter the slaughter animals. animals so it was prohibited so apart from that everything is cool whatever whichever way you want to pray you can do it and um, the things began to change so it's like mohammed bin salman this time ka actually it's very interesting that uh, uh, most of the times people have an opinion that uh, islamic realm kept on increasing and increasing but there were certain phases like reconquista happened right spain uh, in, in the spain when it became al andalus uh, so after that when they started to convert back when reverted back then all the mosques all the churches which were converted in the mosque this began to get it back and now this was the era in the mongol period uh, when we walk further that's when the hegelu khan is going on to ravage the whole islamic uh, civilization and baghdad is sacked entirely the caliph is killed and now it has happened it feels that islam will cease to exist because the mongols were very barbaric and whatever they would do and that time the conversion to islam has not happened and then the guy comes in is the brother of hegelu uh, khan his name is um, uh, barke khan he's a cousin brother and he happens to be the son of the eldest son of genghis khan who has got converted to islam he's the first guy to get converted and he's converted by a sufi and when he gets converted and when he uh, and he comes back home and he observes that uh, the my brother hegelu khan is going into dest- uh, destroying the places he has sacked uh, baghdad entirely uh he has uh, killed the caliph or the khalifa right so he's very angry and he talks to his father that i don't like this and you know because islam is a great religion and we shouldn't and so on and on but uh, uh the, his father says that you know no mongol crosses a sword against the other mongol mm. so you can't spill the blood the blood doesn't spill among the mongol clan but he doesn't listens and they go on to into the battle and hegelu khan is uh defeated and when he defeat is defeated so islam and the islamic civilization and the mongolia mongolia civilization uh merged and then the persecution of christian happens like anything which i have mentioned in my book that the uh, and so basically uh when you say that someone is timurid so they are very clear about the religious angle they are very clear about it they many of them are religious fanatic too they have the agenda very clear but the mongols are the secular people 
so there was a guy uh, dr lock was often compared with chengiz khan and um, uh, there's a certain uh, dr lock is uh, happens to be the guru of voltaire so uh, and this a lot of colonial writing which was seeing chengiz khan is a great light because he was very secular but at the same time he was a great expansionist he killed expanded and was secular so and when the europeans came and they began to write about uh, the the people uh, say babar etc they saw race in it they didn't see the culture because by the race they were mongols at the end of a day so even when while these guys were ruling they were not calling themselves timurid europe when the europeans were writing the books about them they were calling them mongols and somehow that carried forward with uh, the because we uh, took it from the europeans we never Uh, read it from the primary sources, so we continue to call them the Mughals. So, isn't it that from the mother side they are one dynasty, and from the father's side they are another dynasty? Yes, yes, right. Yeah, and uh, they, but they wanted themselves to be recognized more by the culture because by the ge- by the gene, even or the by the genetics, or by that way, even Timur is a Mongol hmm. because they have a common ancestor too. Yeah. but he never recognized himself as a mongol uh, he recognized himself more as a persian so that's why even when the mughals or the timurids rather came in their court language was persian not anything else uh, the question always arises why did they actually choose a persian not something else that was the reason so was there any so called mughal who liked being called mughal in their entire lineage or history yeah um, no not these people not these babar onwards no one in fact uh, aurangzeb even didn't recognize himself as mughal he recognized as turani wow the hamare historian kyun mughal mughal kari jate hain because we carried from where the europeans left hmm. and it's not the fault of the left or uh, even because even the people so called people on the right they were so, following the references yeah even they wrote they called them mughals uh, and all the books of the great stalwarts uh, they have been addressing them so i thought that it's very important to make this distinction because the first step is to correct the names uh, as in how they want to be recognized as because if you want to deal with their history you will come across a lot of mughal references too and when we clearly have two different brackets why not use it why do we want to uh, deform it in different way now one more thing because you mention it in the book i am touching upon it nahi to main nahi karta okay but uh, you mention in in the introduction and in fact i went forward now i've come back a few <laughs> okay. pages so you have said uh, the tale of the chandela rajput king vidyadhar and how he altered the advance of butchikan butchikan matlab murtiyan todne wala yes. basically mahmud of ghazni is not known to the world we are still to be exposed to elaborate details around the warriors like martanda verma under whose leadership the european powers were crushed by an asian power for the first time now why i mentioned this is that you spoke about islam was not always winning yeah there have been big chunks yeah in islam's conquest or islamism's conquest yeah. if i was to use the proper technically correct yeah. word islamism's conquest where they've lost now even if you look at the role of islamism in india with uh wo pehle wala kaun tha jiski marne ki do story hai yaar ibn qasim 
दोस्त हो रही है ना एक है कि उसको मार डाला और एक है उसको डाला और बंदी बना के लेके गए इवन हिज चाचनामा गिवस टू वर्जन ये ये इनकी हिस्टोरियंस में मैंने पढ़ा है ये सब तो मेरे को चचनामा के तो मेरे पास नोट्स भी थे आई टू सिट डाउन एंड मेक माय ओन नोट्स ऑफ द होल डैम टेक्स्ट सो कैन आई कट यू हियर जस्ट फॉर सो इवन चचनामा आई आई सी अ प्रॉब्लम इन दैट बिकॉज़ ओके चचनामा वाज अ टेक्स्ट बिकॉज़ आई एम ट्राइंग टू लुक एट फ्रॉम अ वेरी ऑब्जेक्टिव पॉइंट ऑफ व्यू मेनी फ्रेंड्स ऑन द सो कॉल्ड राइट विंग स्पेक्ट्रम मे नॉट लाइक इट बट आई हैव अ सीरियस डाउट्स ऑन चचनामा टू वो फरिश्ता का Uh, it's not by farishta it was uh, chachnama appeared uh, earlier i have forgot the name of the author of it mm. it was commissioned by um, uh, a king uh, a, term, uh, a turk king in mm. india and it was done in a period almost 6 uh, 500 years five centuries after mm. the incidents happened mm. and the guy just said that i have referred to a particular arabic text we don't know what that arabic text was no one has seen it right so church mm. uh, nama's authenticity is at time so uh, we need to get very objective about historiography mm. because historic when i am watching for the primary sources primary contemporary sources mm. and then again if i fall into this trap of picking a narrative uh, which is 5 centuries later so uh, that gives a lot of loose ends to uh, to my own way to approach historiography So, उसमें भी काफी प्रॉब्लम है एंड अल बलदूरी रोड फॉर द फर्स्ट टाइम अबाउट द कासिम एंड ही डिड इट इन 892 और 893 एंड इट इज हैपनिंग अगेन 180 इयर्स आफ्टर द सेड इंसिडेंस सो देयर आर आई एम नॉट सेइंग दिस मे नॉट हैव हैपेंड आई एम सर्टेनली हैव अ बिलीव दैट दिस वुड हैव हैपेंड बट परहैप्स वी डोंट एग्जैक्टली नो दैट हाउ इट हैपेंड दैट्स व्हाई वी हैव दिस contradictions of stories too yeah because the chachnama itself mentions two yeah, versions yeah. of uh, death of what happened to Ka- kasim yeah and kasim is not a big guy in albaldur district he becomes a big guy in uh, chachnama which appears after 5 century mm-hmm. so uh, like uh, in case of all this prophetic figures also we see that suddenly the bulge up, uh, the bulge up into a great uh, persona suddenly and same happened with this character of uh, ben kasim too it's all of a sudden he becomes a big character so in my opinion uh, i don't know whether I, i would end up being right or not right now my hypothesis is that perhaps even about him what has been told was a very exaggerated account too might have been magar wo to yaar see in fact i don't know if you remember when this whole 40000 temple discussion was going on and we were talking of the yeah. record i had told you at that time also i forgot the name of that damn historian who was looking at the record of aurangzeb he had come on the brown pandits podcast also okay like exaggerations are a part of ancient writing yeah whether hindu muslim anyone like yeah. these muslim chroniclers including babar yeah when they write about i went there and i smashed thousands yeah. बाद में अगर तुम हिस्टोरिकल रिकॉर्ड निकालोगे उस जगह की पॉपुलेशन भी नहीं उतनी थी सो बिकॉज़ ऑल द बैटल्स व्हिच वाज जो व्हिच यूज्ड टू हैपन इट वाज डन बाय द मसल पावर इट वाज वेरी डिफरेंट यू विल गेट एग्जॉस्टेड सो ऑल दिस एंड सर्टेनली व्हेन वी लुक एट द मुस्लिम हिस्टोरियोग्राफी स्पेशली बिकॉज़ वी डोंट हैव अ लॉट ऑफ इंस्टेंसेस से सी व्हेन यू लुक एट द मुस्लिम हिस्टोरियोग्राफी स्पेशली फ्रॉम द अबैसिड पीरियड they are very exaggerated uh, accounts and in fact a lot of people say that the more the battles the more the war the more the hadiths were produced mm. the more the so more the manual were produced so that 
you can further get uh, more excited and do more for the cows mm. so that certainly was a narrative and it's very tough to rely on these uh, documents and what this contemporary sources do say that uh, you if the contemporary sources are there even if they are exaggerated at least you will get to the truth the facts would be there for you we get the truth about their intention intentions and their not the numbers theological pinning yeah intention the very clear hai. yeah uh, so if somebody historically says that they were not driven by religiosity yeah that they are lying yeah what we cannot decipher is that in their religious zeal how much they could damage which is why i want to i wanted to read that quote yeah. because the entire narrative that has been peddled by what i called rhetoricians yeah. on all sides of the aisle yeah the left loves this word you know the left uses this word pamphleteer pamphleteer ye to pamphleteer sabse zyada pamphleteering left mein hoti hai yeah marxists are the biggest pamphleteers yeah they 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 cook up rubbish they, i will tell you which see i have not read persian so i will not claim that but i've read eliot and dawson ka entire volume entire वो देख रहा तू उधर हिस्ट्री एंड कल्चर आरसी मुजुमदार पूरे वॉल्यूम्स पूरे चाटे हैं मैंने स्टार्ट से एंड तक पूरे स्टार्ट से एंड तक मैंने चाटे सो और भी मैं जितना पढ़ सकता था मैंने पढ़ा जितने भी मेरे को एक्सेस मिलता था आरसी मुजुमदार के और भी वर्क्स थे वो भी मैंने पढ़ने की कोशिश की ये सब मैं बात बता रहा हूँ दस बारह तेरह चौदह पंद्रह साल पहले एलियट एंड डॉसन इज समाइक नाइन थाउजेंड पेजेज और समथिंग भयंकर है <laughs> wrote that book i don't know if you remember that prologue like before the book they they write yeah. they're like tum hamesha bolte ho angrezon ne itna indians ko mara ye dekho tumhare ko musalmanon ne kya kiya that's how the whole uh, i remember i recall they, they literally they, they and, and you know i remember reading this i think tumko sharam bhi nahi aati hai bolte hue tum bol rahe ho hum jalad hai magar ye bhi jalad hai that's that's the whole intention so the problem where uh, what i see uh, of course uh, what uh, dawson was trying to do was just wo bolte na ki theek hai hum to the hi lekin usse bade bhi koi aur the to uski bare mein tum baat hi nahi karte ho so that to some extent is true but he saying it it becomes a bit that main to hu lekin and soch hue kha kar billi haj ko chali exactly ab yahan problem ek aur aata hai dusra wo problem ye hai when we talk about the estimates because we are talking about exaggeration so mm. i thought that this is a good point to bring about the estimates ab ek issue hua tha that case lal did a exercise of uh, analyzing that how many people would have perhaps perished perished ka matlab uh, not exactly that how many would have died mm. but it would have included as sex slaves and everything yeah, everything yeah, yeah. taken together so when he brought this number mm. and then his whole thing was criticized through again marxist pamphlets it was so he said that uh ye early 50s ya in mai bhool gaya 70s mein 70s mein it, it came in 70s 74 mein and in 75 irfan habib did a whole uh, it, it was not a ye wo dr irfan habib ye wale irfan habib naye wale nahi naye wale nahi purane wale ayodhya wale the og yeah the original pamphlet yes yes <laughs> ayodhya wale wo inscription ka हर चीज में उन्हीं की काला कांडी होती है सो द रिजॉइंडर ही इट वाज नॉट अ रिजॉइंडर बट इट वाज जस्ट नेम कॉलिंग टू केएसआर 
but case that did a rejoinder he said that i am doing an estimate based on what they are saying they as in the muslim historians themselves mm-hmm. this estimate estimate is not a factual number actual number if you have a problem you do your math come with an estimate we can talk about it but without an estimate you can't blame me that i have done a right thing or wrong thing you should come up with an estimate i am not claiming to be the rightiest one that maybe yeah I, like i don't agree with the kslal number i mean yeah. i just don't find it, it digestible it can it can be but the point is that like uh, someone asked me once that why are you quoting uh, angus madison uh, for Uh, so uh, because uh, uh, there is a there is issues in terms of how he has calculated gdp based on population or but my point was that if you are trying to build a narrative just like if you are giving a narrative that in the mughal period or the timurid period hmm. the gdp share of bharat was 25% then i will certainly bring angus madison which says that in 1000 it was 28% and in 180 it was 32% i may agree or disagree to it i'm not saying that i am completely aligning aligning to his views so if you're trying to counter something you will have to produce certain work to counter it just the rhetoric can't help for the academic cause mm. and somewhere uh, left has lost the battle in that yeah i won't say that all the time their intention of course there are many times like if you read the works of mohammed irfan habi uh, irfan habi's father mohammed uh, habib you will see that intentions can be very clearly seen that where he's all the praise even to ghazni and he just so uh, of course he has not been as uh, uh, terrible as uh, uh, dr irfan habib but still he's singing apologia for ghazni that we uh, bring some causes that why he did so and all but yeah unless you do some work on it you don't unless you don't don't bring an estimate unless you don't do your own job about it you can't blame others that why they have done this mm and my problem with this entire thing is is also whitewashes the efforts of hindu communities yeah to fight against him like ibn qasim comes on 600 something something or 720 jo bhi hai 712 727 aisa hi kuch date hai theek hai wo tabhi aata hai magar ghajni gauri to 1100 ka aata hai na yes 1100 ka aata hai na to beech mein 4000 400 saal sorry 4000 nahi sorry 400 saal 400 years ab wo log dandiya to nahi khel rahe the na yeah wo log aate the aur hum inko maarte the yeah और ये लोग वापस जाते थे नाउ द बिगेस्ट प्रॉब्लम इज हमारे पूरे रिकॉर्ड कीपिंग में हमने कोई बात ही नहीं की उसके बारे में ट्रू वो अशोका ग्रेट है अकबर दीने इलाई मेरे को कोई अकबर से इतनी पर्सनल घिन भी नहीं है ये मैं फॉर द रिकॉर्ड स्टेट करना चाहता हूँ मैं तुझे कितनी बार बोल चुका हूँ मुझे इतनी घिन नहीं है अकबर से मेरी घिन स्टार्ट और एंड औरंगजेब पे होती है मेरी उधर ही खत्म होती है बाकी मैं इतना जबकि आई नो यू हैव शोन इन योर बुक यू हैव शोन जहांगीर टू बी मतलब काफी दरिंदा है वो सो आई एम श्योर दैट द वर्क ऑन जहांगीर इट द डे इट सीज द लाइट इट विल बिकॉज़ आई वाज नॉट नोइंग मच अबाउट इट एंड इट ऑल हैपेंस दैट व्हेन वी ओपन अप द डॉक्यूमेंट्स देन द थिंग्स कम अप एंड द बेस्ट थिंग अबाउट द पीपल लाइक आई सी माइसेल्फ एज अ वेरी रैशनलिस्ट पर्सन सो व्हाट हैपेंस दैट I am not into a person worshiping. हो क्या होता है क्या अगर मुझे fact मिल गया उसके खिलाफ so I am done. ठीक है वो सही है वो तथ्य 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 से ऊपर कुछ नहीं है because history owes to none but to, to the truth, right? Truth and to the people of that era. आपको उनकी कहानी सत्य में से बतानी है. So that's how it needs to be. And many times people get emotionally tied up into the characters. He or she can be anyone. This character can be anybody. It can be an Indian character or it can be a character from Central Asia. and we do live 
uh, those emotions and at times when we see that a different image of that person has come up it hurts like i was very open and vocal about it uh, to be called out that i use this term 40000 temples but when i came to know i became very clear that no it's 1800 was because if i will quote sr goel it has to be 1800 if i'm quoting him i'm not saying that that me is the truth 1862 yeah to be precise that's in something that the, like that there is a number and now dr corner l says that agar us pe thoda sa add kiya to usko double kar do zyada zyada but it cannot be lot more than that because you know the uh, the problem in that is that we discount again the ability of our community men the hindus to yeah. rebuild temples because yeah. even and you show that in your writings vikram has shown that beautifully in his writings that these people would break our temples fir ye log chale jate hain thoda har time baithe rehte hain hum wapas bana lete the wo mandir right bahut sare fir wapas aate hain bolte hain are ye fir sudarte nahi hai inhone fir bana liya and then they would so this is why uh, i read that bit was like history is a very complex subject but yeah. now coming to this fellow babar ye kya bind hai he is matlab so i want i i genuinely got confused with this bit in your book maine tere ko iske liye tabhi whatsapp bhi kiya tha maine wala ye ye banda matlab i mean you use the word bisexual here yeah i am quite clear about it because uh, so uh, uh, there is an interesting story here have so uh, very recent one because the printer ran an excerpt of this part kaisa lag raha hai gaaliyan kha ke so i don't know people got very crazy about it that they the kind of uh, apologia which they began to sing was like this that you know babar is having saying that he has got love or the passion for somebody whose name is babri by the way so babar ko babri hi mila <laughs> I, i don't know whether his name was babar because he calls that guy babri right so when he is talking about him is talking about love he's talking about passion there's some amazing couplets what he has written for and uh, babar was by the way a very good poet yeah yeah he Go was ahead. he was poetry achieves yeah and because it uh, reflects on the metaphors he uses right so he is full of compassion he is full not only he is full of passion he is having uh, uh, he is shy with babri too uh, right and he is having almost a, and he is stating it in the same segment when he is married for the first time why he will relate the two case like he is not happy to go into the uh, the room of uh, or the place where his wife this is the first marriage first yeah he doesn't wants to walk into the room or the suit where the the the, the, the she's living right but at the same time he's saying that i am having love and compassion for a boy right uh, i am very passionate to see him uh, when i when i my eyes meet his eyes i feel very shy and suddenly my eyes just fall down so he's talking about these things when of course when he's writing own autobiography he's not going to detail out about a trait which could exactly tell you that what being bisexual means right mm. of course he will not write those explicit things but certainly the emotions and bisexual most of the time people do tend to relate the thing into the action bisexual is a nature it's a nature basically and which is very clearly reflected from how he is writing uh, into the yeah, babar but he was a chota child and he was not too old to uh, babar babar is just 17 year old by then and he is 
बाबर को मैं माइकल जैक्सन भी नहीं बोल सकता <laughs> वो तो खुद ही बच्चा था बट आई वॉन्ट रीड दिस इफ यू डोंट माइंड बाबर हेज गिवन एन अकाउंट इन इज बाबर नामा ऑफ हाउ ही वॉज अ शाई पर्सन and it is even more interesting is that he has blamed the shyness on the fact that it was his first marriage what a reason to be shy matlab yeah. so what a weird reason but theek hai these were people of their time his assertion of quote first marriage makes one believe that he was foreseeing more marriages that deni padegi which was an obvious trait of the society he belonged to because of his shyness and modesty as babar has claimed in the babar nama he visited her or her only once every two or three weeks but it was not very late when he stopped with those bimonthly visits to babar has written in the babar nama that he had begun to lose inclination and attraction for aisha sultan begum and then babar's mother khanum intervened as she was not at all happy with her son's actions upon his mother's insistence babar resumed his visits to aisha but only once every seven weeks or so Baba's writings make us believe that something was wrong in his marriage with Aisha. What was it? Perhaps Baba was bisexual and more inclined towards men than women. At least in that period, Baba does mention that in those leisurely days, he had discovered a strange inclination in himself. He writes, "Quote: I maddened and afflicted myself for a boy in the camp bazaar. His very name, Babri, fitting in. Up till then, I had no inclination for anyone. Indeed, of love and desire." either by hearsay or experience i had not heard i had not talked relating to the situation he composed the following verse originally in persian may none be as i humbled and wretched and sick love sick no beloved as thou art to me cruel and careless it's a sad life ho gayi hai iski bechare ki see honestly i am not saying this is right or this is the correct yeah. way of looking at it i think he could be gay शादी कर बच्चा चाहिए मेरे को यू नो हाउ देवर एट दैट टाइम फॉर देम लिनियज इज एवरीथिंग और उसने बोला होगा ठीक है यहाँ पे डिंग डोंग कर लेते हैं बच्चा पैदा कर लेते हैं और बाकी मैं बिहाइंड द सीन्स करता रहूंगा Uh, rebel and the revolt in samarkand uh, against one of the cousin of babar because he was seeing the guys hmm. as in so it certainly was uh, it certainly w- was a matter that people with that trait were existing in that era too it certainly cannot be questioned and at the same time this was not seen in a very great light by the society which Obviously. also reflects from how homophobic they were yeah 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 and the, you you just imagine in samarkand in 1496 a revolt has happened because of just one of this nature that uh, the uh, the guy, i forgot the name of the guy so he is l- looking at the sons of one of very senior officials hmm. so this is hurting the society and the tarkhanis and samarkandis are up against the people uh, up against the r- royal people 
and the team they have to do a rebel against the timurids but like i am not surprised see homosexuality is as ancient like even the arthashastra talks about yeah. a punishment for homosexuality yeah. well if there is a punishment for homosexuality the quran talks about homosexuality ka hadithe hain uski yeah. punishments ke bare mein bible to stone the homosexual yeah, yeah, yeah. bolta it's, hai it's very clear yeah it's very clear that means it was a part of society so isn't it so, amazing that matlab so i was more amazed when uh, you know uh, because it's it was getting a bit ironical uh at at a point i was trying to see a great poet in babar hmm. and uh, uh because the except which was put across in the print that also had that couplet written so that is expressing that how good a poet babar was it's beautiful poetry actually yeah. and at the same time then uh, we see uh, the straight where i am i am claimed that uh, perhaps he was a bisexual and so this should have been somewhere celebrated by the liberal people but uh, the word attacked the the hatred which the article uh, or the except got it was so funny to look at that which side you were actually trying to sit at it was not at all clear just because uh, babar because is a, a muslim king he can't be so it cannot work that way no because the truth is truth yeah because sometimes the truth is inconvenience uh, or shouldn't be inconvenient to the liberals because uh, this uh, yeah i mean the first people to pick this up must be the gays for palestine folks <laughs> i mean i the first thing i was like good for the gays for palestine you know they'll be like we have finally found our homosexual <laughs> in babar although he's bisexual wo lgbt ke to rainbow mein to aa hi jata hai na coalition mein and i personally i'm like fine and but doesn't it show the hypocrisy yeah. that even at that time uh, because i want to segue into the next bit uh which is uh, babar the bewda <laughs> no i will call it babar the bewda because that's what he is yeah uh, full disclosure to be fair to him he had a lot of guilt about it also yeah yeah he, was. he had a lot of guilt, like he's a dumb like sin and all so this is this must be babar sitting there as like sharab bahut kharab hai phek do ye glass idha ek minute rukna ek glass pack maar leta hu ek glass pack maar leta hu that kind of a thing babar must be doing but it says a lot about this society like but let's talk about babar the bewda so what was it in bewda ka usko bewda se kya problem thi he started drinking uh, very late very late uh, approaching towards 30 yeah. and uh, so almost in the ending phase of his life uh, because he lived very short so uh, he so um, like uh, most of the other muslim rulers or the royal blood hmm. he was also brought up with those virtues that you know this is how islam is practiced like if you observe when he's talking about his father so he makes the references about how he really never misses to offer the namaz five times a day even during the battles right he gives an example that at the time of battle you were exempted to not do the namaz but he does it holistically so and he has learned quran also from his father though his father passed away uh, only at the age uh, only when babar was just 11 year old 11/12 we don't know exactly so he had taken a lot of virtues from his father he uh, saw his father in a very steam light and he tried to walk into the shoes of his father most of the times and uh, because he lost his father at a very early age he had this thing in the back of the mind that you know because um 
when you are 17 when you are 18 19 still you are very tender age and in that era when the awakening happens very late you are not very like in the time of now people can get matured maybe quite early but may not be the case that time mm. he always has this remnant in the memories of his father which always lingered with him and which kind of abstained him for from exploring into the ideas of getting alcoholic uh, in fact uh, maybe that the verse which is writing about barbary too is also he has though he has not expressed the guilt outrightly but we don't know that whether he's having guilt about it or not maybe that he was having guilt even for that hmm maybe, maybe so uh, he was seeing alcoholism in a completely contempt and when he began to do it he was saying that oh what kind of sin i have done but you mentioned they had wine parties here yeah it was a massive wine parties it is a, the party which i mentioned is done by the mirza the mirza yeah yeah a... so i want to read this yeah. this is must <laughs> after a couple of days when babar visited badi uz zaman mirza after the midday prayer an elegant matlab namaz padhne ke baad char botal vodka var var mast log ye log namaz padhte the jaake aur baad mein bewda marte the i like these people along with multiple variants of wine brochettes of goose and fowl and all kinds of viands were set on perfect table linen mirza's wine parties and entertainment activities were very known babar chose not to drink even a drop of wine at this event he has mentioned in the babar nama that no one pressured him to drink it could simply mean that in general people would insist on non drinkers consuming alcohol babar is me kyunki mere sare dost bewde hain और मैं अकेला उधर बैठा रहता हूँ तो मे, मेरे दोस्तों ने क्या निकाला कि इसको बुलाना तो है ये दोस्त है तो अभी इसका काम क्या करें ये तो पीता नहीं है तो आई एम द डेजिग्नेटेड ड्राइवर नाउ मेरे सारे बेवड़े हैं और मैं गाड़ी चला रहा हूँ दैट्स वॉट आई डू फॉर माई फ्रेंड बाबर आई कैन रिलेट टू दिस बाबर इज लाइक सालो बेवड़ो मैं अकेला बैठा हूँ तुम्हारे साथ बट इट डजन एंड मतलब This is fascinating bit because uh, I want to read this also. When Kasim Beg heard of Babar being forced to drink, he got a bit anxious and offended. He soon sent someone to Zunoon Beg. The man carried some advice both Zunoon and Muzaffar Mirza. The message was harsh and diplomatic, but impactful and plain enough. Thereupon, the Mirzas never pressed Babar to have wine again. When Badiu Zaman Mirza heard of Muzaffar hosting a party for Babar. He called Babar and some of his trusted men to a feast arranged in the Makanvi Khana in a beautiful garden of the region. The trusted men not so open to alcohol as well. Babar has written about his awkward situation. Ye must quote hai. Those who about me could never drink openly on my account. If they ever did drink, they did perhaps only once in forty days with door strap fast and under a hundred fears. never as there were now invited here to they drank with a hundred precautions sometimes calling off my attention sometimes making a screen of their hands notwithstanding that i had given them permission to follow common custom because this party was given by one standing me as a father or elder brother people brought in weeping willows you know what this is like babar is that khadus uncle in indian weddings is a koi daro nahi piyega and then you know all the boys and girls who wants to drink they'll be like अंकल जी हम लोग बाहर जा रहे हैं कुछ काम है और फिर वो होटल के पीछे एक गाड़ी होती थी और गाड़ी के अंदर है ना दारू की बाटली रखी होती थी और सब लोग जाके उधर ए बर्फ लाना अंदर से शादी से और ऐसे बर्फ डाल के दारू पी रहे बाबर साउंड लाइक खड़ू संकल और फिर इससे बेवड़ा कैसे बन गया वो एंड दिसन स्लोली इट कैचेज अप 
and uh, towards the end of his life uh, he further decides that i will abstain because uh, when this phase of the humayu comes up when he is not well so he suddenly becomes again very islamic in nature and he uh, those things are of course not captured into in this book because this ends uh, with his second attempt to enter into hindustan which was a failed one hmm. uh but then he beg- then he abstains it and so he again he was full of a lot of remorse when uh, humayu was not well he uh, saw a lot of issues that maybe it was because of my own sins that this has come upon humayu etc so and uh, i uh, he didn't live much longer after that so like why so he basically succumbed to peer pressure like yeah, uh, yeah, many yeah. do yeah yeah and was... he was like chalo abhi daru maro yeah it and was more then, like that so and he would uh, drink every time and feel bad about it or terrible yeah. about it yeah but see what does it say this is like pakistan honestly this is what pakistan is today right pakistan mein, i talk to so many pakistanis who drink man pakistan mein, uh, pakistan i'm not talking about pakistanis outside pakistan yeah. i'm talking about pakistanis in pakistan sale udhar baith ke beoda marte hain आर्मी का कोई ऐसा जनरल नहीं होगा जो बेवड़ा नहीं मारता आर्मी तो इज नॉन फॉर दारूबाजी दे आर नोट वो एक पाकिस्तान का एक फेमस रीडर है यार उसका लीडर है उसका नाम बोल गया उसने अपनी एक स्पीच में बोला था हाँ मैं शराबी हूँ तुम्हारे जैसे खोता नहीं चूसता पता नहीं कौन था एक लीडर वो चेक करना मेरे को तो वो ये मतलब दिस इज सो एप्रोपो ऑफ इस्लामिक सोसाइटीज बिकॉज यू नो एल्कोहल इज अ the biggest sin yeah. in those societies yeah. and and it's ironical because you and i both don't drink and we are still uh, fine with people who drink around yeah. us i mean yeah. i don't care yeah. but yeah i mean islamic societies are so weird um but like how did you react when you found out ye to bewda yeah i was uh, because i uh, i had a very different opinion about babar initially because of course the first hand opinion was about uh, from the sources sources where the people around you uh they always said most of the uh, very belittling uh, thing about babar that uh, of course he was a jihadi and i never heard anything i never heard about the human side of babar too mm. because of course i i, I know that babar did uh, massive devastations when he came to bharat because his project was clear he was clear in his agenda when we touch upon the epilogue part of it where i have uh, mentioned that he saw himself third in the line after ghazni and gori yeah so he is clear what he is supposed to do he always referred to the unfinished agenda of taimur yeah so which was which comes from the uh, biographer yazdi who writes that it was to islamize the whole of the world because it is a dictate by the prophet muhammad so he has to do it so those aspects are there but apart from those aspects when you are trying to capture a biography of somebody which you are not at all expecting because when you hear those tales you only know about these things you were never <laughs> looking into these angle which would erupt out of babar nama i was expecting it to be more about uh, the campaigns it would it would be more about the war times it would be more about uh, uh, the uh, attacks against the kafirs which which is mentioned in the later phases but i expected more of that to be this to reflect in each and every day and daily life of babar but i found a very different a very interesting character in babar altogether because he had a very tragic life to start with if you read the initial chapters you will find that uh, none of his uncles are good to him yeah right even his mama ma, who for later on comes to his side mahmud khan initially he's a very troubling guy yeah so was uh, ahmed ahmed dies and uh, uh, later on his other uncle uh, who who is again not very supportive of babar but he is a very tra- 
tragic life, losing father at the age of 11, 12, and then trying to be the guardian of the city uh, mm. which he was ruling and to meet the expectation because his father had a very good image and a rapport among the people. So that itself was a big challenging task. And uh, yeah, so I found this character very fascinating, to be very honest. So you, you in your appendices, you have... Uh given these numbers for revenues of Hindustan, Babur yeah. Drew. So you talk about different areas. Yeah. And uh, there's another work, very interesting work on Mughal period was WH Moreland. Yeah. He did the economic study yeah. uh, from Akbar to Aurangzeb. Akbar to Aurangzeb. So he also talks about how the income inequality yeah. increased under the so-called Mughals. Yeah. And this is, uh, again, uh, the first reference for this has been Angus Madison. Yeah. Because... Uh, yeah. So, because it was okay that still if you're 25% share, uh, for a moment you believe that maybe that you can't blame the Timurids that, okay, they are the good guys. Hmm. Let's believe for a while. But what really startled me was the number of GDP per capita growth because it was negative only in one phase. So I knew that British were worse to the people, but GDP per capita growth was not negative in that. Yeah. There was a forced production, which we don't know about. They were, they hoarded money. Like Irfan Habib says that Akbar was one of the largest hoarder of money, but because he was a very ambitious guy, Akbar had a very different, he's a, he's very different in the league among, all of the people. Hmm. So then there were a lot of parties. These people hosted a lot of parties. Shah Jahan was known for very expensive parties. And I have given this interesting um, uh, story about this uh, based on the primary sources, uh, whatever was available in that period around that Taj and the famine wala concern, where while the Taj was being built, they commissioned it for, again, I don't want to get on into these issues of Tejo because I don't have sources for it. Uh, I know that the project was commissioned for rupees 41.8 million silver rupees uh, based on the sources. And at the same time, a famine had hit where uh, Lahori, who is the chronicler of biography of Babur, was a court historian. He talks about that how they had destroyed the crops, right? It coming from their own account. And it's just because they can't hold the malwa or the fertile land. So they said, if we can't have it, let's destroy it. And then the rain doesn't happen and the famine hits. So, of course, a famine happened. And then this guy is building a mausoleum for hmm. one of his beloved wife. And we know that under what conditions she died. And uh, so... She was not even the first in the many wives that yeah. existed, right? No, no, she is not. And she died giving birth to 14th or 14th child. Per, yeah, 14th is the number. Oh, I may be wrong in 14, 17, but it, it was a number and certainly around 15. So she died out of that. And then he builds a mausoleum for her mm. and then mausoleum for a certain cost. So the point is that, you know, blood of, uh, it was built of the blood of the Indians. The artisans were Indians because I got a very interesting data that Babur says that even to build the mausoleum of Taimur, they had to get the artisans from Hindustan. Yeah. So, and that mausoleum happens to be the largest structure, which is smaller than Taj Mahal. Hmm. 
so it speaks a lot about the whole thing that whether we really learned all the architecture or we never had artisans or we never had any indigenous techniques it really puts a big question mark these things maybe that when i will further explore while i come to this era i will get more information about it but then why do you think when it comes to analysis of history right iske liye maine wo tujhe aaj jo whatsapp pe likha tha na yeah um with every historical figure whether it's babar i think aurangzeb mein like i'm very certain ki he was a param ghatiya kisam ka insaan there is no debate but akbar akbar at an early stage of his life was very different yeah and the latter half of his life the second half of his life last very, 30% of the yeah he was very different person yeah. now people change yeah people change due to personal transformations people change due to political inclinations people change because political inclination and personal transformation dono yeah. ho sakta hai and ambitions and ambitions kuch bhi ho sakta hai yeah. but the point is these are uh, like aurangzeb was so good he was like no tum mere se sirf nafrat karo main itna kharab aadmi hu mere se binda but the problem we have when we analyze these figures what i appreciate in this book is you 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 humanize babar she has a very good thing you have shown भाई बाद में दारू भी पीना शुरू हो गया जाके कोने में मार लो इट वॉज लिटरली लाइक दैट बट आज की डेट में this pick and choose and i'm not saying the marxists do it i mean so called hamari side bhi yahi ghatiya ban karti hai matlab they will pick up the worst verses like, how do we analyze these people i have always wondered how do we analyze these people today when we look at them like i said i i, I appreciate aurangzeb a lot because he he makes it so easy to dislike him yeah yeah and all these characters have so many nuances hmm and Uh, so uh, uh, and my first book launch itself i had made a point very clear that this book will not please right wing or left wing because right wing or left wing needs political masala that's yeah. how you become right or left but this book is entirely a history wing project yes so what it does is that it is a very objective biography of a man called babar in which uh, i try to cater to each and every nuance each and every layer Uh, which he had in his life and it is very important because a biography cannot be or else it cannot be biography or else the book could have been a jihadi project of babar or so i am not saying that that project cannot happen someone can do this but if i have taken the objective of uh, looking into this character in whole totality hmm. or whole entirety so in fact when jadunath sarkar also wrote about the people he tried to be very objective yeah it's very obvious that when you say for example you choose aurangzeb and aurangzeb has done certain things that even if you would have done say five good things it doesn't matter because even if you have done committed a murder or if you committed a sin like that it's done right you can't say that i did a murder but okay i have also done 100 good projects it doesn't matter a murder is enough to really so when we are dealing with this 
characters like Babar, when we are dealing with these characters like Akbar, when we are dealing with characters like Jahangir or Ashok, anybody for that matter. So if you put all the colors, color those colors will add by their own virtue will come out that which will automatically gets highlighted. You need not work over it. वो पूरा स्लेट आपके सामने आ जाएगा आप उसको कैनवस को देख करके बता सकते हो कि वो इंसान कैसा था भारत के कंटेक्स्ट में वो इंसान कैसा था समरकंद के कंटेक्स्ट में एंड एवरी प्लेस विल हैव अ वेरी डिफरेंट कंटेक्स्ट एंड स्टोरी टू टेल एंड रिलेट टू दैट पर्सन एंड दिस पार्ट यू काफी डिटेल में यू मेंशन समरकंद या पोस्ट and because those were very important to analyze that what kind of society this kind of guy was mm-hmm. living in and I, I, i'm sure that readers might get confused at times because even i was confused there so many characters and when you are working on a project through the primary sources you just are not able to pick and choose many many of the times it because very tough to really choose that what i want to reject i choose not to reject most of a thing i have taken it all what babar has said like in hadith as for example bukhari said that i was given 6 lakh verses but i choose to write 6 uh, 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 around 6000 or 7000 uh, i wrote just 98 per- i wrote just 2% of the 100% so but we cannot do in objective biography we have to choose all of them so i am sure that readers might find it a bit challenging to recollect with all the characters but it was important to be brought in the way it has been fair enough now let's take a few questions by our live viewers who are very much uh... okay i'll start putting it on the screen so that it's easier to read many intellectuals such as rameshwar mishra pankaj says akbar's father was rana versal of umarkot i want your thoughts on this statement no this uh, someone else had also asked about it over twitter long back hmm. but uh, i right away had dismissed it saying that you know there is no evidence for it because uh, the humayu was uh, it, they make a case that humayu was away and mm-hmm. then but that's not true if one looks at the whole chronology it it gets nullified it's not true okay so it's pretty much not yeah. possible babar said country ruled by mongols is worse than hell many molvi say temur was not a muslim sir i want your thoughts on this <laughs> uh, see i can't say speak on the part of the molvis but one thing is very clear that uh, temur recognize himself as a muslim so if you say that he is not a muslim so it doesn't make sense because he was clear what he's doing and his agendas were very clear and as per the islamic doctrine uh, it is that if you do hundreds of a sins okay which is un-islamic but for the larger good if you are there to establish your own caliphate and you are able to do it to spread islamism then you are done so every other sin which you have committed will just get washed away as per the doctrine so hmm. it does uh, so no one can recognize taimur as i i want to know that which molvi says that taimur was not a muslim hmm. so someone says babar supports lgbt rights <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> yeah he had no option the other person has said babar was not a mughal or mongol he was a digambar who rose against protestant brahmin sabash 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 very good but then how do we i know you're writing a second part about babar also but then you've been very open that you appreciate babar's poetry writing skills uh let's maybe the final section can be what else could you appreciate about babar uh 
because in the very beginning of the book you have said uh, uh reading about babar actually made me hum- uh, humanize the man far more yeah and uh, one aspect was certainly his poetry and his poetic skills which is just fabulous and i just fell for it it is really beautiful and at the same time uh, i really loved the way this man uh, really uh, organized this whole thing into a form of a diary which speaks even more about his organizational skills too a man who has been able to produce his own autobiography in the era when it was not a vogue to do the autobiography you will put it to your court historian he will do it so it again gives you an angle that perhaps this person was very well organized he knew what are his task he knew what to do and in fact uh, again this can be seen as a negative but i do see it as a positive that he was quite wary of uh, shaibani khan and he knew that i can never win from from him so whenever shaibani khan will come babar is here shaibani khan comes babar goes somewhere else hmm. so it's like a tom and jerry game yeah this is in the uh, mid part of the book yeah Shaibani and khan. it goes on and on in fact he comes to kabul because shaibani has been troubling him and from kabul he is looking to move to hindustan of course <coughs> he wants to finish the unfinished agenda of taimur but at the same time it's because shaibani has been poking nose in kabul now so he wants to move further east so it uh, he was very organized man he knew what are his strength that's why he didn't uh, mess up with shaibani khan to a great extent he knew that perhaps i can not win though he did this madness once when he had somehow got the samarkand back how do you assess him as a war strategist i would say that as a war strategist if you ask me he was a good uh, he was really a good war strategist he did make very good strategies because see he is into the war from the age of 12 he won a lot yeah he won a lot he is winning it from the age of 12 and the only trouble he always faced was in front of shaibani khan now there can be two ways to look at it one can call him coward one can call him loser that's fine of course he was uh, being coward also is a trait which is he didn't feel that i can win the battle in front of him i can be coward in front of him he took it so i would say that he was strategically very clear that what he needs to do as i said earlier that maybe that he would have never won from shaibani khan so even to know that which battle you are supposed to pick is also a part of a strategy maybe that it doesn't good to do good to your people it doesn't do good to your empire but at times it may be good from a point of view that you are at least safe fair enough uh so last before we go babri masjid <laughs> so basically i am going to deal with it in with a lot of nuances in my upcoming book and i have got a lot of materials pro against about it because when i say that of course so part 2 mein cover hoga yeah. because this is not in the realm of history of yeah. this part right yeah because it's in a later period this is the making of babar this book can be seen as a making of babar this book can tell someone exactly how babar became powerful enough or even not that powerful he became a a person enough who would be able to get into hindustan defeat lodi and establish again a lot of people get in all that perhaps he established a big empire no it was a very small empire uh, timurid gurkhania not the mughal which he would do which can only be told if you know this you will understand that why he came here 
why he built the empire the way he built why he wanted to come to hindustan <laughs> those answers come from this book okay so before we wrap it up uh, where are your book launches now batao sabko so i am looking to cover the city of mumbai and uh, it's from next month onwards okay so uh, right now i'm not on <coughs> a spree of uh, covering up uh, the online sectors like the podcast the getting the new channels etc etc and again the launching spree will start from april so strategically done because i wanted the people to have read the book by then mm. so that a few people also are there in the launch where we can discuss the book a bit more rather than me just unveiling the book and just saying some good things about the book and people saying good things about me mm. so that we can have some argument some cross questioning we can have certain it's actually a better idea intellectually yeah, yeah. so then my book will meet its objective because uh, this book is just not written to gain certain claps fair enough so uh, next month mumbai delhi mein kar rahe ho yeah delhi would be there on the trot and uh, bangalore obviously bangalore bangalore is done bangalore is done yeah that one because i wanted to do it early because uh, it's the home my home i stay there i live there so i thought that let's start from there then take a break for a month and a half and then re- resume again so so whenever you start uh, obviously there will be book signings i'm assuming yeah. in the launches right yeah Yeah, okay. and also I will be doing some small uh, book signings in small bookstores. Like day after tomorrow, I will be in Pune. I will be signing a, a Empire store or something. Okay. I will put a tweeter about it. Okay. <laughs> Very small store. So, but uh, uh, I just uh, I'm looking at the opportunity. Whichever bookstore gives me opportunity, I'll go drop down there, sign, and if people come across, I am open to discuss and. they they other people who have brought the book from amazon or something i'm very free open to meet them in a particular designated places even if they want to call me somewhere all together i am open to come and interact okay great so guys uh, before we wrap it up uh, i just want to remind everyone in the description you will have abhas's twitter handle so if you want to know what's uh, where abhas is going to be as far as in regard to the book is concerned follow him on social media you can uh, go follow him and he keeps on updating uh, all the time also uh, uh, i've left the amazon link uh, to buy his book i think kindle copy aa gayi na abas yes the kindle kindle copy aa gayi na so uh, if uh, i mean uh, especially for if this is penguin so aap logo to bahar bhi milegi na ye book penguin has an international publication and they are not selling it outside okay right so bahar walon ke liye kindle bahar walon ke kindle and garuda is selling it for the garuda's bookstore is making book available outside india too okay so outside india hone wali hai ho gayi hai garuda is selling so you just go on garuda prakashan and uh, you can order this yeah. book and it will be shipped all yeah. across, uh, yeah, all across anywhere in the world yeah. so because i have a very big uh, outside india listener base so wo log bolte hain ki humko kaise milegi so bhaiya kindle se khareed sakte ho ya ye garuda prakashan ki website pe jaake le lena abas this was a fantastic read i had a lot of fun uh, रीडिंग दिस तो दिखाओ जरा मुझे वापिस कॉपीज हो भैया ये है बुक जाओ अगर हार्ड कॉपी लेनी है तो इसकी हार्ड कॉपी लेना ये किताब की वंडरफुल कवर अमीश विक्रम अश्विन द ग्रेट विवेक देव रॉय हैज ब्लर्ड द बुक सो आई वुड हाईली रिकमेंड ऑल ऑफ यू टू बाई दिस बुक एंड अबास ऑल द बेस्ट इट हैजेज बिन प्लेजर टू टॉक टू यू यू you are uh, one of those rare people who actually um use rationality uh, which is very rare for the indian non left <laughs> 
because uh, we have a serious rationality crisis so you know uh, i always say this to vikram i was like aise aise microscope leke dhoondna padta hai logo ko jinki books ko main soch soch ke darta hu main promote karne ke liye but tumhare sath vikram ke sath kuch logon ke sath aisa dar nahi lagta hai ki unki book promote kar sakte hain so i wish you all the best i look forward to part 2 now thank you um, we are looking to release it on jan 22 2025 hmm so let's see <laughs> very good meko bhej dena main pad lunga so sure. guys we'll wrap up now once again you can follow him on twitter by the book if you are outside india go on garuda prakashan they will give you the book outside india and if you want to support me the charva podcast you can become a member uh, whether on patreon on youtube or on fanmo go join the membership program कुशल भाई आपकी बुक कब आएगी आज की पॉडकास्ट में भी भैया मेरी बुक ऐसा है कि ये महीने वो टाइप सेटिंग फर्स्ट राउंड सेकेंड राउंड री रीडिंग जो भी होता है वो प्रूफ रीडिंग करना और बुक प्रिंट में चले जाएगी ये महीने अप्रैल फर्स्ट वीक तक बुक आ जाएगी बाहर जब आएगी मैं अनाउंस कर दूंगा तब आप लोग ले लेना और अगर चारवक पॉडकास्ट की मर्चेंडाइज लेनी है तो वो खरीदने जाने के लिए आपको कुशल पे जाना पड़ेगा and if you can't do anything and just want to watch the content uh, fine just like this video leave the comment in the comment section subscribe to the charvak podcast channel if you are an audio listener leave a rating on your audio platform this is all i can ask for usse zyada main kuch nahi de sakta aisa galiyan zarur do galiyan doge agar comment section mein to algorithm mein badi madad hoti to ji khol ke galiyan dena babar ko mujhe kuch farak nahi padta मेरे को नहीं देना वो एक्चुअली मुझे भी दे देना मुझे उससे भी कुछ फर्क नहीं पड़ता है एंड टूडेज पॉडकास्ट वी आर नॉट गोइंग टू एंड बाय द रेगुलर एंडिंग म्यूजिक आई हैड केप्ट द ग्रेटेस्ट क्लिप इन द हिस्ट्री ऑफ ह्यूमैनिटी एंड जस्ट फॉर द रिकॉर्ड दिस पॉडकास्ट इज नॉट स्पॉन्सर्ड बाय डाबर दिस बुक इज अबाउट डाबर बट आई वॉन्ट टू एंड टूडेज पॉडकास्ट विद दिस आई विल टे आई विल सी यू गाइज अगेन विद अनदर डिस्कशन टेक केयर टाटा बाय